This is Rhema for Today. Well, somebody said in 1 Corinthians 14, say, 14th chapter, didn't they say, you may all prophesy one by one? Yeah, but you see, you lifted the verse out of its setting and made it say something it didn't say. To prophesy, according to the first part of the verse, he that prophesies, he said, is greater than he that speaketh a tongue, but he said, he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Welcome to Rhema for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on Praying with All Kinds of Prayer series, Volume 3, next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, Kenneth and Lynette will tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. So in connection with the saints, he said, never even mentioned intercession. And with the uh, connection with yourself, you, I, you couldn't intercede for yourself because among other things, an intercessor, one who takes the place of another, you couldn't very well intercede for, you, for yourself. But I think we put a, an undue emphasis on intercession. I don't misunderstand. I think we ought to get back to simplicity and just call it a prayer meeting. Did you ever, ever hear anybody say, we got a supplication group? <laughs> Wouldn't it be just a scripture to have a supplication group as it would an intercessory group? Amen. Wouldn't it? Yes. Amen. Now go back again there to 2 Timothy. I exhort therefore that first of all prayers... Our supplications he put first. Supplications. He even put supplications first here. Prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Four different areas of praying. Be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. So then, if all of these is an area of prayer, an area of contact in God, then if we're just interceding and that's all we ever do, then we're only one-fourth right. Or we're three-fourths wrong. I don't know why we just don't get back to the simple facts of God's Word. And if we are going to meet to pray, just call it a prayer meeting because that's what we did. We met to pray. And we don't emphasize one above the other. Paul didn't emphasize one above the other. We, we use the thing, we wind up doing all of them. And then after all, the Spirit's got to get in on that. You just don't do it because you decide that we're going to do this or we're going to do that. No, you're just going to have a bunch of words. Right. Amen? Amen? So why all of it's prayer? Why don't we just simply call it a prayer meeting? And then again, I don't know why some people call it prayer meeting because they don't ever pray. Right. Or if they do very little. Right. Amen. A lady said to me here, the first year we were out here. Third year of school, the first year we were out here, we just had half of this building, but there was pool star there as a back wall. And so if you can imagine the platform down there, and then just off the platform, this lady, we were having a seminar. And in fact, it was a prayer seminar. And she came from one of the towns around here, a little larger town. So she asked me, Brother Hagen, may I, may I speak to you? I said, sure. I shook hands with her. She said, uh, well, uh, 
Now, she said, I belong to a, the Episcopal church, but uh, I have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speak with tongues, and most of our church does. In fact, our uh, pastor has the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues. And so in our town, in our city, we started a prayer group. And uh, she said, uh, most of all of us are Episcopal. We, we started out of our church. We don't meet at the church. We meet one of the ladies' homes. And said, we have a few folks from other denominations that come, you know, like Baptists and Methodists and so on. But most of us, the majority of us are Episcopalian. And we even have one or two Pentecostals that come to this prayer group, you see. But she said, I really don't know why we call it prayer group or prayer meeting. We talk, call, call it prayer group that we meet to pray, call it prayer meeting, because said we don't ever pray. That is much, may start off with one little old prayer. She said they spend all of their time prophesying over one another. I said, well, why don't they call it a prophesying meeting? But of course, if you call it a prophesying meeting, any 12-year-old kid one and a half since knows that's wrong. You got no scripture to have a prophesying meeting. Amen. But she said, uh, now, now what I'm asking you about though, if, if this is right, she said, uh, I, I wouldn't think it's so bad maybe, but said, I always get a bad prophecy. They didn't prophesy anything good. I said, well, what do you mean now? Give me a, well, she said, they prophesied that my husband was going to leave me. She said, now he's, uh, he goes to church. I'm not going to judge him, say he is saved or not saved. Because I said, you know, just because you're a church member, I found out now. I used to didn't know it because you're a church member don't make you a Christian. But said, he's a good man. And he loves me and I love him. And we have a good marriage. But they prophesied that he was going to leave me. Well, I said, uh, did they prophesy when he is going to Yeah, within a year he is going to leave. Well, I said, did he leave? No, it's been 18 months and he's still with me. Nothing, nothing's wrong. I, know. I said, well, that's easy, Judge. That's all wrong. And then they said, they prophesied my mother was going to die. Well, I said, did she? No, they said she's going to die in six months. It's been a year and she hadn't died yet and is in good health. Well, I said, you can judge that easy enough. You know both of those are wrong. In the first place, they had no business prophesying that away anyway. I said, they had no business of prophesying that away anyway. Thoroughly unscriptural. Well, somebody said, didn't 1 Corinthians 14 say, 14th chapter, didn't it say, you may all prophesy one by one? Yeah, but you see, you lifted the verse out of its setting and made it say something it didn't say. To prophesy, according to the first part of the verse, he that prophesies, he said, is greater than he that speaketh the tongue, but he said, He that prophesies, I speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Amen. Well, neither one of those exhorted her, certainly didn't comfort her, <laughs> and surely it didn't edify her. You see, what folks have failed to do is to differentiate between the ministry of the prophet and the gift of prophecy. Just because you prophesy doesn't make you a prophet. Well, how come us get off on that? Because so many of these intercessory prayer groups run into prophecy meetings. 
I tell about and refer to it quite often, way back in 1943-44, when I was pastor of church there in north central Texas, the black land, and there's a group of ladies, and it's good folks for folks to pray. Don't misunderstand me about that. If they are overseen and directed correctly. And so a group of ladies out of our church began to meet with one of the ladies' house and have a prayer meeting every Wednesday afternoon. Well, one of the ladies, thank God there are, are some that are a little more settled in the Lord. Amen. And uh, one of the ladies said to me, Brother Hagin, I, I, I think you ought to get a hold of that. It's, it's getting off. That's about all she said. My wife went. And she said to me, Honey, I think you better get a hold of that because it's, it's getting off. Well, I said, what do you mean now to the, to the other lady that came back again? Well, see, they get some kind of revelation. They want to prophesy that. They got the revelation that God was through with me there, that I ought to leave. Well, you could readily see right away that that could create problems. <laughs> Especially if, if God's not ready for you to leave, which he wasn't. And so I just simply, without trying to say anything about what had happened here before, I wasn't there. I just simply said to the ladies, uh, why don't you bring that prayer meeting into the church and meet here on Wednesday afternoon and pray. And my wife and I will meet with you. So every Wednesday afternoon we met in the church and after a time I began to teach them. I would teach for a while and then we'd pray. They'd try to put in two hours of praying, so I'd teach for 45 minutes or an hour, and then we'd pray an hour. And I channeled it in the right channel, and they became a great force for God. I mean, you just better not turn a prayer request into them, you know, (laughs) if it's in line with God's Word. In fact, they wouldn't pray about anything that wasn't in line with God's Word. I mean, if you don't want to, you better be sure that's what you want, because they'll get it for you. We had some of the most outstanding some of the most spectacularly supernatural answers to prayer that I've ever seen or heard. Because it's easy to get a small group in one accord, you understand that, and all agree and believing together. And, And so they became a great blessing and a benefit to the church. But instead of that, if I hadn't gotten hold of it and channeled them correctly, it could have been a great detriment to the church and could have split the church. I know one pastor in California told me that his church split three ways over intercession. Because, you see, they got this group of so-called intercessors. I don't think you ought to have a group of intercessors in any church. Well, I'm called to intercede. I doubt that very seriously. We're all called to pray. I can't see where Paul rightly in the churches singled out any intercessors. I think we put an undue emphasis on it. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Uh, this book, The Untapped Power of Praise, yes. was a s- series that I did several years ago, really. But I did it because God began to deal with me about the fact 
that people were not missing it in their believing Him. Yes. They were missing it in the praise. In the praise. And so the Word of God is full of praise. That's right. And this book is called The Untapped Power of Praise. And there is, there's 125 pages. There's six chapters. And it's all dealing with, with praise. The Untapped Power of Praise it's it's just something that, that we have to realize that we haven't, the reason I call it the untapped yeah. is that we really haven't tapped in. We haven't done it as much as we should. Yeah, we haven't tapped into it like we should have. And then this is this is yours. I'll yes. let you talk about it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this uh, fuel your passion for God. You know, so many times we only have a passion for God when we're in trouble. Right. And it's so important that we keep our passion for God all the time. So this is a CD on inspiring you for your passion for God. And you know, I trust that that will help you. Now, these are being offered for a gift of $19 or more yes. for these two. But when you order those, you know, the world we're living in, there's so much negativism. I know. I have a two CD uh, series called Staying Positive in a Negative World. Yes. And everybody that orders the with the gift of $19 or more gets mm -hmm. the Fuel Your Passion and Untapped Power Price. I am going to throw this two CD set in yes. saying positive in a negative That's world. That's right. Because I think this is something you need right now. Yes. Call toll free 1-888-FAITH-99 Again, call toll free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema dot org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagan will continue his message on Praying with All Kinds of Prayer series, Volume 3. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.